Hey friends, welcome to the Living Truth Podcast. This is your host, Michael Carey. And for this episode, I want to welcome back Dr. Jake Porter. Uh, I have interviewed Jake for um, several episodes in the past, and uh, it is just such a pleasure and an honor to have you back on the show, Jake. Thanks, Michael. I love being here with you. Appreciate you and Kristen and y'all's ministry. Mm Mm-hmm. Same, likewise. Uh, So Jake Porter runs an organization out of Houston, Texas called Daring Ventures, uh, coaching, counseling, disclosures, and so many, so many different things to offer. Um, Webinars, just a a host of so many different resources. So um, the website is, is it daringventures.org? Is that what it is? Daringventures.com.com. Yeah. Daringventures.com. So I just wanted to put that out in the front of this episode. So you guys don't miss that. Take advantage of the resources that are out there. Um, All right. So today we're going to be talking about family of origin, how this affects us, what it is. Right. And uh, I knew it could be, it could be kind of elusive to some people and some people have no idea like what, how, you know, how the family of origin affects our behavior, affects us on a daily basis. So can you just give us an overview? Like, what do we mean when we talk about family of origin? What is that? Yeah, that's, that's actually the place I usually like to start. What is a family of origin? And um, the reality is everybody has one, right? Everybody has one and uh, nobody's was perfect. So, that, you know, that's where I like to start is, is to say that this conversation is really important no matter who you are or what your, what your story is, because uh, while there are different grades uh, or, or maybe degrees of, I don't know, challenges from people's families of origin, everybody has a family of origin. And all, that, all we mean by that is it's the system in which, uh, into which we were born and, and, and raised. Okay. So usually that includes parents, right? Uh, but that can include step parents or adoptive parents or grandparents or teachers or, uh, siblings, right? So it's, it's really, it's really the system, um, in which we experience those those important developmental years through childhood and even into adolescence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone who has a significant impact on our life, um, sure. Does it make a difference in how long that they're, you know, how many hours they spend with us, whatever it is you're talking about, just people that have a significant influence in our life. Yeah. We mainly think of mom and dad and siblings yeah. and, you know, that, that cellular, that, that unit at home, but, um, it's not the home family of origin. We're talking about the entire family. Right. So everyone that influences us. Right. For sure. So for example, one of my earliest memories is, um, I called her Gaga that what she was, uh, this, um, uh, older woman who was my caretaker while my parents were at work. So she was like a babysitter. Right. And I can remember, I, I couldn't have been more than like two and a half years old. I was little. And I can remember her rocking me. I can remember her hair and the smell of her hair, you know. And so that's a very deeply ingrained memory I have. And and so she would clearly play an important role in my development. 
Um, if there's, if you had a grandparent that watched you, you know, one, so my mom, <clears throat> for example, uh, when my oldest daughter, uh, MJ was born, there was a period of time where my mom kept her every Friday. Well, that kind of regularity and frequency, my mom's a part of her development, a part of her growing and learning and formation. So, so th- there are a lot of, of ways uh, people can become a part of our family of origin. Uh-huh. Right, right. So you, um, you mentioned parents and, uh, and within the family system, um, mm-hmm. there are no family systems that are perfect in any way. Right. 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 And I have talked to a lot of people that said, I had great parents growing up. It was, uh, they were model parents. They came to every baseball game. We went to church every Sunday, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And so sometimes these problems can be a little bit elusive, I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the challenges are, I, I remember talking to a guy and he eventually, uh, told me that his mom would not allow him to go into the refrigerator uh, at all. And, never you know he wasn't allowed at all and i yeah. said that that's not normal this you know yeah. interestingly yeah. we don't always know what's what's right yeah. and what's wrong when we're growing up this is the way it is we don't really right. understand the bigger picture how does the rest of the world operate <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so yeah I and asked i asked this guy um well i just asked him i said so he was 35 or something like that i said so when did she start you know letting you like 16 17 he said no i'm still not allowed to go in a refrigerator i was like yeah yeah that's uh uh the word controlling came to mind sorry yeah, yeah. Go, you were gonna say no well what you're highlighting is um uh one of the dynamics that as a clinician i kind of assess for when i'm listening to people's stories from their childhood there's two there's there are two um what's the word i want to look for you could almost like dimensions you could almost plot like a like 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 a scale or something. And, and one would be flexibility versus rigidity. Okay. Um, and, and a, a family system needs to be moderate on those things, right? So you could be too flexible, right? There's no structure. There's no discipline. There's no rules. There's no support in that way. That's a problem, but you could also be overly inflexible, overly rigid, too many rules, uh, not, not any room for exploration for individual, um, sort of, uh, cultivation of individual difference or whatever. So, so that's, that's one axis. Um, and then the other one that we would look at is, um, like engagement over. And and again, you can be overly engaged and we might use the term enmeshment there. Okay, and you could be enmeshed and and in an enmeshed system, there's no real appreciation for where one person ends and the other person begins. Right. There's there's not an appreciation for people's individual personhood. Um, But then on the other side of that, you could be overly disengaged. Right. There's no connection. There's no sharing. There's no emotional and relational exchange. And so. If you if you plot those and you overlay those with like an X and Y axis, you can you can see we we want to be we need to be in the middle, right? And and in this middle and and away from the edges, the extremes and and different times. For example, um, you know we were talking before we we started 
recording this. Uh, so I've got a two year, two and a half year old and a three week old. Okay. Well, when you have kids that young, you're probably going to have a little more rigidity built in in some ways than when they get older and they can manage themselves. Right. But that's appropriate developmentally. And what we need is we need a family system that, that moves with us as kids that slides around in developmentally appropriate ways uh, so that we can grow up. I mean, that's the goal is that kids grow up. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, that's supposed to be the goal. And I, and I've, you know, I've enjoyed every life state, every different stage uh, developmentally of my kids and stuff too. And it's uh, it is a joy to see that and be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and it can be challenging, of course, let's be honest. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it comes easy for everybody else, but not necessarily for me. So yeah, you know, something that you mentioned, I was just thinking about, can it also be, um, how our perspective of things might, might, um, cause some kind of rupture or, or challenge oh, yeah. because let's say that, uh, I have a, a uh, brother who's 10, 12 years older than me, you know, or whatever it is. I'm like, well, why does he get to do that? And I don't, why does he get to, you know, it's like, uh, it, it looks like favoritism and right. that, that could be difficult, a uh, difficult thing to navigate. As for well. sure. For sure. Cause one thing we know about children is that they're egocentric. Okay. And I don't mean that in like a, like a, like a, um, like bashing them or whatever or criticism. It's just, I mean, developmentally children are egocentric. And they, so they typically think that they are the cause, the reason uh, behind whatever's going on around them. Okay. And so sometimes parents doing the best they can, you know, and, and if this, this could all be happening inside the kid's head. And so the parents have no idea that this is going on inside their heads. Um, if, a, if a parent is needing to show more attention to one child over another, maybe a parent's needing to work more. And, and it's the exact right thing to do, but the child doesn't necessarily understand that the child makes up stories. And if something's going wrong or feels bad, children are typically going to make it about themselves, that it's their fault in some way, something's wrong with them, right? And, and if that's not corrected, it could, it doesn't have to, but it could over time develop into something we would call a family of origin issue and that shows up in later adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's um, very sad to, to know that, that uh, sometimes these things happen and it's never voiced. We just don't know about it. And, sure. uh, but that just, um, that's one Valid reason that uh, I think everybody needs counseling to whatever degree, you know, Yeah, yeah. everyone should see a professional, at least get a few sessions in and explore some of these things because we don't know what we don't know. That's right. Before I married uh, my wife, <laughs> she she's given me permission to share this story. So before uh, I married my wife, we've been, we dated for a long time. Uh, too long. That's a whole different story. My family were, uh, <laughs> but as, as we we're approaching, um, uh, marriage, I told her I, one day I said, Hey, um, I want you to go get some counseling. 
and I won't repeat what she said to me initially uh, because because she had a pretty strong reaction. And I and what I said, look, um, I, I mean, I think it's good for everybody, but if you're going to be with me, given my baggage and my issues, I definitely think that this will be good for you and for us. And um, and so she agreed. She was like, "Well, you have to pay for it." I said, "Okay." So uh, so <laughs> she. She did a family of origin intensive, like a, I don't know if it was four or five days with a group of women. And they went through and looked at their stories and, and all of this. And on the last day of it, through most of it, she was like, what am I doing here? What is this? On the last day, she was like, okay, that was, that was worth my time. And then a week later, she was like, wow, that was really powerful. And a month later, she wanted to stand on the rooftops and shout, Every human being needs to do a family of origin intensive. And, and I find that that really is how most clients experience this. We, like you said earlier, we don't know what we don't know. And what, whatever we were exposed to growing up, that's our normal. And we have to have a way of, of getting out of our own bubble and, and being able to take a perspective that's sort of a little more objective to, to look at and reflect on what we've been through to start making sense of our story um, with more truth. Really, it's about, it's about more truth and more honesty about our own stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that good old verse comes to mind, their truth will set you free. Amen. It really is Amen. true. There's so much it death is. to the, those very few words. But um, yeah, and uh, I know you guys, we, we'll go into this later, I'm sure, but this uh, definitely want to make a note when you're talking about a family of origin intensive during ventures mm. offers such a thing too, right? Sure. So, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll... Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe we could talk a little bit more about that towards the end, but I just wanted to get into this next question. Like you mentioned it, family of origin issue. When we have a family of origin issue, um, if you can dive into that a little bit more and how does that affect yeah. our behavior? How does it affect our lives? Sure. So it, it, it's interesting over the last, I'd say, 20 years or so, maybe maybe 30 years now, um, these different, what, what used to be different independent fields of study are beginning to uh, meet by all pointing at the same thing, which there are a lot of ways to say it, but basically who I am, who I see myself as, my identity would be the word we would most use, my identity is formed by how I experience myself in relationship to others. Okay. So like if you were to put it and, and there's actually, it's, it's horribly tragic. Um, but there, there've been stories in the news and I can't even actually let myself think about it too long, but like they discover a kid who was like put into a shed for years and just like given food through a, you know, past and, and, no interaction, no, no, no conversation. The kids don't have language ability. They, you know, like they, what's happened to them developmentally is, is parts of their brain literally 
did not grow, were not stimulated to develop, and they they are missing a of course they're people and they have personhood in terms of value and made in the image of God, but but like a character and a personality and an identity, it's not there because that emerges through our relational experience. Okay. So let me make it real. So when I'm little, like right now, our three week old, okay. When she cries, someone comes. Okay. She cries, someone comes. That creates a pattern in her mind, a template. I cry, someone comes. And as she develops, she might begin to discern, well, right now I'm crying because I'm dirty. Right now I'm crying because I'm hungry. Right now I'm crying because I'm cold. Right now I'm crying because I'm lonely. And still people come. So what happens in her mind is there's this template that develops of, okay, you know, the world around me responds to me. Now, the, the next question is, is when someone comes, how do they come? What's their tone of voice, their facial expression? What do they do, right? And all of that is sending a message to the child about who the child is. So, so a children develop their sense of identity based upon how they are interacted with by others consistently over time. A one-off bad interaction is not going to do it. But the, these, these repeated relational experiences say to the kid, you're a good kid. You're a sweet kid. You're a smart kid. Uh, you're valuable. You are loved. You are safe. Um, you are free to be creative. You can play. Or they say, there's no space for you to cry. Your needs aren't important. If you're upset, I'm upset. So it's not safe for you to be upset, right? These sorts of not, I'm not saying that's verbally said, but that's communicated in, in the interaction. So when we talk about a family, and, and this happens all the way through adolescence. So when I talk about a family of origin issue, and in a minute we can maybe get specific into, you know, like some examples of this, but what we're what we're talking about is something in me that I believe about myself that is attached to a strategy for living in the world that is the result of what I have experienced relationally earlier in my life. That was a really long way to get to that answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> no, no, it was uh, really, really uh, rich with, with great information and, and examples, you know. So we think of ourselves. I know a lot of people think about themselves as a parent now. And um, and I want to just encourage the listeners like, you know, this is th this is meant for sure. We will become better parents. Uh, yes. We're not supposed to be getting into a guilt trip. We really want to move into our own issues first. It's kind of like put put your own oxygen mask That's on right. first before you go to That's help right. somebody else. And uh, this is. So, so in order to become a better parent, we really do need to go back into our own past. Absolutely. Okay. I know when I yeah, get into right. these conversations with people, that's what I hear a lot. They start thinking about 
oh man, all the stuff I've done to my kids and things, you know, it's like, I know we have made mistakes. Every single human being does. It's part of the human experience. It is not specific to <laughs> some group of people or whatever it is. So, mm -hmm. uh, but we have to go back in and um, work with our own past. Hey guys, that was part one of this two-part series with Dr. Jake Porter on the family of origin. Stay tuned. In two weeks, we'll release part two of this incredible interview. In the meantime, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the Living Truth podcast and help us spread the word. The search engines find us. People are able to find us far easier when we have more reviews. So thank you so much for considering that.